Association talking about the cat problem in their neighborhood and the cats having sex in the yard. And the question that we're asking right now is whether this sex between the cats is consensual or not, you know, pleasurable. That a lot of people maintain there's no such thing in the cat world. Um, if you're a mother, Phil, and you care about your children, I think you have to take everything into consideration. Well, anyway, her husband's been shooting these animals and it's gotten a lot of people upset because some of these cats are pets. And, and these cats also, Phil, I think, set a bit, for example, um, for my daughter, uh, the behavior is very slut-like. Uh, it's just something that I, that I don't want her to see at this stage of her life. Hollywood on KFI AM640. Hello. Hi. Yes. Uh, I just want to make a comment quickly. Um, like everyone else has been saying, cats do not have consensual sex. Cats, the female cat excretes the scent when they're in heat, and the male is attracted to that. It's that simple. It's all part. It's all part of animal behavior. It's instinctual for them. If you're saying that animals, cats, do not have consensual sex, then there must be some equivalent of rape. Or, or non, or, or it's, it's instinctual for them. You, like the, yeah. the other, the other you, mean, you, are, you are attaching a human behavior to an animal. Well, that's the date rape that we were talking about. Date, date rape is something that happens between human beings. Yeah, date rape is not the term. If you're saying rape, cats can't rape each other. But rape implies that it was non-consensual sex. I, do you know about what that? Everyone is, Can I have you listen to something, please? I've heard it. I've heard it already. I've, I've been listening to the... To the uh, <laughs> That, that, that is a nice, now, okay, if you want to question how it sounds to a child, that is, that is one issue, and I can understand, well, let me finish, I can understand why you'd be concerned, you know, about your child doing that, but that is the sound that a cat makes. I want the male push the, the female down, all of, all, all of his weight on her back. But okay, now you implied that the cats were doing it doggy style, to use the crude term, and that, that... Well, now you're saying they're doing it missionary? Well, she was on her back with her, with her legs spread, yes. <laughs> cats don't have sex that way. I mean, well, how do you know? <laughs> well, I can't imagine how a cat can have sex. <laughs> right. <laughs> I the cat, cats do have sex doggy style, um, like you, you know, said. You know, it's Mr. that Henry, simple. But Mr. Henry, all I know is that his legs were wrapped. Her legs were wrapped around him. Well, well, I did see two cats, and one of them was engaging in oral pleasure with the other. Well, okay. And we cannot have that. <laughs> Well, I don't know why the gentleman's laughing. Well, ma'am, cats, cats do not have oral sex. Ma'am, the cats... That's what I'm talking about. Cats do not think it's on the same level as, as humans. Why would the female be sitting on top of the male cat, lowering and raising herself? I imagine what's happening is... I saw her riding her hips and rear end on top of the male as he had his paws on her hips. What are you talking? <laughs> what are you talking about? I, are you, I, he had his paws on her hips. Man, cat, right, thank you very much. Well, I guess that was the end of that. So she hung up on us? Yeah, I think she she hung up. Irvine on KFI AM six forty. Hello. Oh, hello. Yeah. Yes, sir. How are you? I, I'm just uh, the whole thing <laughs> kind of scary to me. I mean, what if? Uh, my kids are doing something in the backyard that she took objection to. Is she going to take a pot shot at them? Well, I, Ms. Dooley, you're back. If, if you're going to laugh at me, these cats were engaged in bestial sex in our backyard. Yeah. 
And at one point I saw, at one point I saw the male cat put his cigarette out on her ass. Yeah, right. Okay. I heard the cat say, "Take it all, bitch." Meow. I thought I heard that upstairs when I was on the third floor earlier. It's uh, 10.06 at 560 WQAM. Happy Monday to you. Oh, oh yeah. Phil Henry's got a new CD out. I, you know, I probably, probably shouldn't even mention that because right away they're going to be calling in. Oh, you're going to have those for us? And the answer is no, no chance, okay? But you can call KFI because Phil's got his great new, uh, he's got some good stuff on here, including Ruth 98 with Margaret, Sex with Ministers, all kinds of good stuff on there. Nice going, Phil. And, of course, I was going to play it a little bit later on, but I figured I'd better play it right now and get myself in a better mood because I had an experience this morning with our sales manager, Luann Winnick. Wow. Always a pleasure to see you, sweetheart. I was just telling Joe, this is the only place I've ever worked in my life, bar none. I mean, anywhere you work, there's bound to be. All you people out there who work for a living with a bunch of other people, there's always going to be one. Maybe two, but usually only one. That if you never saw them again, it would be too soon. You just kind of like, uh, stay the hell away. You don't speak to them, you don't go out of your way to see them. There's always one who you consider an asshole. They hate you, you hate them. Here at WQAM, at Greg Reed and his buddy's joint, which is what this place is all about, here I could make a whole list. I could take a legal yellow pad and fill up every page with names of people that if I saw them again, it would be too soon, ever. And Luann, sweetheart, you would be right at the top of the list. There is no water, Nazi. Yeah, she comes down here before I'm getting ready to do a radio show, and I ask her a very simple question about something we discussed last week. And right off the bat, she... And she starts getting militant like she runs this place. See, one of the good things about WQM, I want everybody in the audience to understand this, because of our absence of a real management... Everybody else who works here is a manager. How do you like that? Because the man we don't know what the management does. We can't find them. I was upstairs. I was in every office, every nook and cranny, in the toilets. I looked everywhere. His office is open. His briefcase is up there. He's been seen by people with eyes. But can anybody find this man? No. So in the meantime, everybody else is running the joint. Everybody's got their own little empire. We got the water Nazi. She's running the joint. We got Gary Sarner. He's running the place. We got Screw Ann Winnick, the sales manager. She's running the goddamn place. And they all run it around with an attitude. And the best part of it is you put most of them together and they still don't know a goddamn thing about radio. They haven't got a clue. And the best example of that was our experience down at Borders and Kendall on Saturday, which I'll talk to you about in a minute. And I want to thank profusely our friend Jeff Gardner, who's the president of New Age Design Graphics, who did all those uh, uh, B&H bumper stickers and buttons. And he doesn't just on him show up with any promotional materials on Saturday? No. No, a little problem. A little bit of a problem. The nephew had a little problem. Nine minutes after 2 a.m. This station stands for nothing. All of a sudden, here comes this miserable bitch comes walking in here again and stands here. Looking at me, and I asked her a question about something we discussed last week. This is our sales manager, who now is the general manager, the president, the CEO, the hotshot. And she starts giving me a, a belligerent uh, song and a dance. Well, that's not in your contract. And she's walking down the hall. She's walking out down the hallway, rambling, screaming and ranting and raving, walking away. And I'm sitting here like, huh? You're coming down here and opening up a puss to me, you stupid, idiotic bitch, 20 minutes before I go on the air? See, that's another thing about this place. 
They haven't got the foggiest idea of what it takes to go on here and do a radio show because none of these people have ever done one. So they have no idea, especially this kind of a show, what kind of frame in mind, a frame of mind you need to be in to go on here and do a radio show. At least, hopefully, there is some of the cobwebs are cleared out, okay? And you're not sitting here overburdened with your blood pressure up to 200 over 180. And, like, maybe you can think they'll get up to, a, uh, you know, fake your way through four hours. No, they don't understand that. And I'll tell you one thing, until I get that new studio up, uh, upstairs ready, I will never... See, that's only about the fourth time I've ever gone up to the third floor. You think the Metro Zoo is exciting? It's nothing. I hate, with all due apologies to my friends down there at the Metro Zoo, this is a thousand times more barbaric and wild than anything you've ever seen at the zoo. This thing upstairs, uh, this is a kindergarten. This is a playground. This isn't a place of business. This isn't a radio station. And a proof of that is we go down there. I drive an hour on Saturday, okay? Donate my time. I'm more, more than delighted to do it for a good cause, for Center One. We got our best Daniel CDs and cassettes down there at Borders. The volunteers are there. Carol is there. Get down there. Here's the nephew, another part of the fraternity, another one of Greg Reed's rel not just one of Greg Reed's personal friends, but a relative, the nephew, Chris Reed, assistant promotions director. And he's uh, bringing, there's the QAM van, and he's bringing stuff in. And I'm sitting there at the table. Well, where are those Ghost of Neil picture cards, those real cheap chintzy cards? After we screamed and yelled and hollered, since there are no promotional materials at this radio station, where are those? Oh, well, geez, uh, bad news. Somebody must have left them in the other van. We have no Neil Rogers picture cards. You're here to do an appearance and to sign cards. I mean, you know, people that buy the CDs and cassettes, I do sign those, that's nice. But there are a lot of other people that just come by to say hi. Meet that fat bag that's on a radio. You know, get an autograph. The price is right. It's free. Schmooze. They do a little bit of pub uh, pubic relations with your audience out there. Whatever you got left at this point. We just don't happen to have any of those. Because they're in the other van. Or they're, they're somewhere. They're up somebody's ass. Maybe they're up Luann's uh, rectum. Maybe that's possible, huh? Maybe there are about 50,000 of those Ghost of Neil picture cards up Luann Winnick's rectum. Wouldn't surprise me. Along with that bug that's up there this morning. Oh, yeah, there's a bug going around. Make no mistake about that. It started in the rectum. Now it's all over the building. There is no water Nazi. Okay, whatever you say, Phyllis. Well, where do these people come from? Do they have some kind of a factory? Do they have some kind of a plant where they stamp these creatures out? The Gary Sarners and Phyllis and Luann's of the world. Greg Reed and his personal little buddies. The promotion department, Sam and the nephew. You go around the building, you ask different people, what does our, since we have no promotional materials, none, zero, nothing, not a, not a bumper sticker, not a button, not a postcard, not a toilet paper that says WQAM in blue and yellow on it, since we have no promotional materials, what does our promotion department do? And you ask everybody, do you know, and they all say, no, no, we can't tell you. What, what? Somebody must know. Are they on the payroll? Uh -huh. Are they getting a check? Uh -huh. Are they stealing money out of this joint? Uh -huh. Getting all the free tickets they can? Uh -huh. Sam taking all his lady friends up there to the uh, out to the box at the stadium, the arena to impress everybody, everybody's box? Uh -huh. That's right. But does anybody in this building, can they put their finger on it? Can they identify what any of these people do? No. No. 
And the salespeople are telling me story after story about going out to do appearances, which is why most of them don't want to do them anymore. And nothing shows up. In fact, sometimes none of the people even bother showing up. You know, we get on the air, we promote, hey, come on down and meet this one, meet uh, little dog, big dog, uh, whatever. And once in a while, you, you know, make the effort, you get in your car, you spend the gas, you work up into a sweat, you go, uh, well, guess what, uh, it didn't work out today. Nobody's here. That's the QAM way. There's the real radio way, and there's the QAM way. I want to apologize profusely to Bob Green, Cheryl, everybody, Mike Disney, everybody I ever worked for at WI. I even want to apologize to Ronna Wolf, Peter Bolger, as hard as that is for me to do, Buddy Bud Paxson. I want to apologize to them. Because on their worst days, never. I mean, sure, you have run-ins if you're going to work anywhere nine years like I did at IOD. You'll have a few run-ins with some people. But never on my worst days did I ever have the kind of environment that goes on in this joint. This isn't just a hostile workplace. This is an insane workplace. This isn't even a workplace, period. This is an insane asylum with, with, uh, with windows. That's what this is. It's a nut house with frickin' windows. And if we were up a couple of more floors, I might just jump through one just uh, to get this over with, you know? But we're only on the second goddamn floor. It wouldn't work too well, probably with my luck. Probably a break of fingernail. Just absolutely unbelievable. And you, you wander around looking for the guy that's supposed to be running this place. To, I mean, like I've said before, this man has no authority. Everything that comes through this place, this man can't write a check for 50 cents. Every check, every dime has to come from Naples, has to be signed by the Beasley boys over there. Not one single penny can come through this organization. We go and do an appearance. I drive an hour each way to go down to Kendall. And by the way, thanks, we had a pretty decent turnout there on Saturday. Not spectacular, but pretty good. Raised almost two grand. A lot of nice people. George was there. And by the way, most of the people said they really enjoyed George when he filled in when I was on vacation. Nice going, George. Everybody was very nice. Gilbert showed up. Thank God, right near the end, right when we were almost ready to leave, Gilbert showed up. Hey, nice seeing you, Gilbert. Got to leave now. It's 2 o'clock. See ya. But he was there, dressed, I mean, really Natalie. He was a fashion plate. He had his, his belt just below the armpits. It was, it was a beautiful thing. You really had to be there to see it. Nice going, Gilbert. So we had a pretty decent time. even when I, But again, thank God for Jeff Gardner of New Age Design Graphics. Jeff, you have no idea how much we love you at this point. Because he made all these D&H bumper stickers, those big posters, which are really, I mean, a whole, a crapload of those. Tons of them. Huge uh, banners, D&H with my... And you know something? You know the best part of the whole deal? To show you that sometimes there's some sweet, ironic justice. None of the things, because he asked me about it, and I said, oh, no, don't do that. None of the things that Jeff made for us, including all the buttons and everything, have WQAM on them. They all say Neil Rogers says DNH, do no harm, or something about me or whatever. But none of them have WQAM on. Oh. Nice gun, Jeff. Good thing. Because why would this radio station want to promote itself? You know what I'm saying? Why would we want to go out there and say, hey, guess what? Here's... In fact, it's kind of like that piece that they did on me on Channel 10. Maybe it's poetic justice that they didn't mention what station I was on. I did see the piece on Friday, by the way, Diane. There's another good one for you, okay, that had me uh, really snookered. That f***ing bitch. Diane Magnum. They did a piece on the morning show on Y100. Did you see it Friday night? They must have done four minutes on footy. 
and what a great guy he is and a reformed drug addict and how he goes. They showed him speaking to a bunch of kids with drug problems and all the great work he does in the community. Then, when they got through eulogizing, uh, canonizing uh, footy, then they went into another four minutes on the uh, young lady that's on the moment, which I have no idea what her name is. She has a great ass, but I have no idea what her name is. And, and here's her house, and here she's doing the morning show on Y100. And, you know, I mean, just an unbelievable piece. So, you see, it's got to be me. These are the nice people. These are the good people. These are people that are working in the community, doing good charitable work. I'm not doing nothing. I'm just a miserable, hard-bitten old fag son of a bitch. That, that's me. You know, I'm just a bad guy. And I, I'll be the first one to tell you that. It's got to be me. It can't. There can't possibly be this many screwed up. It's got to be me and Hank, because I hear Hank's, you know, he always says, whatever Neil says, I second the emotion and then some. We're just bad, old, fat Jews, me and Hank. That's the problem. Everybody else that works here is great. They're perfect. There is no water Nazi. That's right. All these people that come to me and tell me and George these stories about how they're browbeaten and certain people upstairs treat them like crap, they're just malcontents, too. They're just making things up because they're making trouble. It's got to be that. There can't be that many assholes in one place, can there? Uh -huh. Is it humanly possible yeah. that there are this many assholes in one goddamn building? I mean, my, I'm serious. I could, I could, I'm not exaggerating. I could write a book just about my trip up to the third floor. I wasn't up there for five minutes. I could write at least a short story on it anyway. At least a hundred pages. That's how amazing it was. Because after Sloan hightailed it out of here, muttering as she was on her way down the hallway, acting real macho and butch, maybe maybe she's got a yeah, You think she's got one of those between? Be surprised if she's got yeah. Because I met her husband. Yeah, that's the Todd Winnick. He, he don't have one. I guarantee you that. He's a real pussy. So she must have the in that family. And I go up the I go up the elevator up uh, on the third floor, one floor up, and here they're all gathered around the water Nazi's desk, and I'm out in the hallway, and of course they don't see me out there, and the first thing I hear is. There is no water, Nazi. And I realized that Scruan is up there. Oh, yeah, I really told him. And, bada -beep, bada -beep. and there's Gary Sarder up there, and they're all, like, playing grab-ass and humping each other. It, it's incredible. Oh, yeah. They were humping each other right over the desk. Just like that cat thing we're talking about. Wow. Just an unbelievable place, I'm telling you. I, those of you who think that I exaggerate, I'm a hand to the sky. My hand to... Oh, God. And Ann Bishop, too, okay? This is just amazing, this place. Coming here on a Monday morning, totally suspecting in a pretty decent frame of mind. Unbelievable. Oh. But it sure is different. 1026 at 560. It's Dave in Miami town. At 560 WQAM. I don't have to worry about any more tough... Up anymore, I guess. 1031 at 560 WQM. So let me tell you what one of my favorite moments at Borders on Saturday. One of my very favorite moments was sitting there and looking up and realizing that our program director and the nephew, Chris Reed, were sitting there. There's kind of like a, a little, uh, I don't know, what you would call it, like a little podium or something. And they're sitting there next to each other side by side with a big smile on their puss. Like, hey, isn't this great? <laughs> like, didn't we do a great job here today? And I'm sitting there signing all this other stuff. And let me say it again. Buttons, bumper stickers, big posters, all made by Jeff Gardner at New Age Design Graphics. Did I mention his name enough yet? No. Like I said, New Age Design Graphics, Inc., in North Miami, made for us for free, no less. 
plus some of the buttons which I paid for left over from uh, hockey season or whatever from months ago, which I paid for out of my own pocket. So what I'm trying to lay out for you is the fact that here we go to do an appearance that allegedly has something to do with this radio station, the operative word being allegedly, a, cam a promotional fundraising campaign that supposedly has something to do with this radio station. And if it weren't for Jeff Gardner, there would have been nothing. There would have been no napkins. There would have been no tablecloth to sign, no paper plate to sign like we did at Benson Camera years ago. Nothing. Zero. zippity doo and I'm sitting there, and here's our program director and the promotions person who's supposed to be in charge of this appearance, sitting there with self-satisfied smug looks on her puss. Like, <laughs> like that. Because ignorance is bliss. You go to do, to do a picture signing thing at a joint, but the only problem is there's no goddamn pictures. Not that anybody needs those ugly ghost and eel pictures. Not that they're going to be worth any money any day when they stick my ass in the ground in about two hours, because I think that's about as long as I'm going to make it today. Not that it'll be worth anything, but it's just that's the general idea of how you do something right. Of what we intended to do when we went there. And these people here in this place, to them, it's all a big joke. Everything's a big joke. They're up there right now. Again, they're humping on the table. They're all on the floor in Greg Reed's office having an orgy up there. It's a big joke. This is a party. This isn't a place to work. This is a party for a bunch of people who know they have total impunity in their life. They can do whatever the hell they want. They can shoot your grandmother in the back, and they'll still come into work tomorrow and have a job and have a paycheck. Am I right? Uh -huh. You bet your sweet ass. And there's a whole bunch of people on that list. Now, if you don't happen to be on that list, then you got a problem. If you're not on the, uh, if you're not a part of the uh, mishpacha here, if you're not part of the uh, inside, the family. Even the Corleones never saw a family like this one. Because if you're not uh, a member, if you're not one of the button men or are so somehow associated with his family, you're on the outside. You're just a troublemaker. You're an impediment to their having a good time. I mean, I'm going to tell you something. I came as close. I'm sitting up there in Greg Reed's empty office at quarter to ten this morning, assuming that maybe he might come back. And then I finally just said, screw it. I said, F it, that's all. And I came back down here. And if George wouldn't be on vacation this week, because I wouldn't stick Joe Costello with sitting in there like, like, what do I do now? Poor Joe, you know, like he don't deserve that. I would have just gotten in my car and gone home. See, they, the only thing that they understand, okay, because they got this smart-ass, wise-guy Jew lawyer of theirs, the only thing that they understand in this company is, well, he's making a lot of guilt, and bada -bee, bada, and then they, then they come through with this check like it was a big deal. George is seven months late. They finally pay George's bonus on Friday, and like we're supposed to have a celebration about it. Like we're supposed to be ebullient about this. And then they bring me a check, which, of course, uh, they, you know, they're, they're bragging about they owe me an increase starting October 1st according to my contract like we wouldn't have found it. Like, hey, your lawyer didn't even call us about this. And look, here's some more money. You know something? You could bring down a bucket of money right now. Hundreds, thousands. Go ahead, by the way. Bring down a bucket of money. And it still isn't going to change any of this other stuff. You're still totally inept and incompetent. You're the laughing stock of the business, Greg Reed. You're a joke. You're an idiot. You're an imbecile. He's an asshole. And those are the good things we can say about him, okay? And this isn't just shtick. This is exactly the way it is. This is exactly the way I feel about this company. I don't care how much money they're paying me. Are we producing here? Uh -huh. Are the numbers great? Uh -huh. Is this log jammed up even more than it's supposed to be? Uh -huh. Yeah, there you go. We're bringing more money to hand over fist. We're bringing the money in for these bastards. I just got 75 client feedback reports here, all these sheets. Is every single one of the clients happy? Uh -huh. Are they getting great results? Uh-huh. 
So, so evidently, I wasn't paid to come here and get big ratings and bring in a lot of money and make the clients happy and get results for sponsors. I was supposed to be here to suck ass with these people who are still humping up in uh, the, uh, the water Nazi's office right now. You can hear the sound. You can see squirt, squirt. that dripping through the ceiling, for Christ's sakes, in here. They're having sexual excitement up there just for the fact that I'm talking about them because they're getting off on this. That's right. Because they don't care. These are people that have been here for a thousand years. Nobody else is going to hire them. You can be sure of that. Is anybody else out there going to hire the water Nazi to come and terrorize everybody that works for them? No. Of course not. Anybody going to hire the, uh, the, the sales manager, this uh, bitch that's upstairs that, that walks around with a uh, thing between her legs? No. Of course not. Nobody's going to hire that bitch. We, we've got, uh, it's just amazing. We've got a place here with all these things going on, and who's in charge? Who's on first? Does anybody know? No. No. No matter how you spell it, with a K or an N, the answer is... No. That's right. Who is in charge? Who's calling the shots? Who can you speak to? Who can you tie down? Who can you... And, of course, when they do finally give you an answer, is their word worth anything? No. Absolutely nothing. They will lie to you with the greatest smile on their puss, with the greatest impunity, because they know that when push comes to shove, all you can do is call your lawyer again and start getting your blood pressure up and get aggravated all over again. Just lie and lie and lie shamelessly. You go and sit and have a meeting with them. You come, and she walks out of here, well, it's not your contract. Like, she, like, number one, first of all, the sales manager's got something to do with my contract, which is none of her goddamn business. And number two, like, if it isn't written in stone, see, this is the operative thing in this company. If it isn't written in granite, if it isn't engraved on somebody's rectum, then forget it. No matter what they tell you, it isn't worth the price of peanuts. Because their word is worthless. Ask Jeff Rimmer about that deal that he had to come to work here. And Greg Reed has, looks at him with a straight face and says, When I shake your hand, we've got a deal. Because my word is uh, my bond. Is Ward Bond. Or some crap like that. My word is... Yeah, that was more like it. So you sit and you have a meeting. We come to an agreement. We walk out. Everybody's got a smile on their face. And do they do the things that we agreed to do? No. No, no then they come down. Well, well I'm not going to put up with that. I'm not going to put up with only 100 minutes of spots an hour. I hear people calling. I heard Maddich talking about it on Saturday. I'm driving out of my appearance at Borders. I hear the Mad Dog talk because somebody asked him about is Greg Reed going to get the Hurricane Games or something like that. He says, you expect me to answer for Greg Reed, a man that's running for you? Well, I can't even figure out why he's running 45 minutes of spots an hour and 15 minutes of programming. And you expect me to answer for that asshole or something to that effect? That wasn't me saying it. That was the widely respected Mad Dog yeah. saying that. The same Mad Dog made it, but was killing on like a petulant child there, and rightfully so, for months about how he couldn't get a goddamn paycheck out of these people. Remember those days? That's right. I remember the day he finally got a check, and he uh, gave that story about how it said on there, don't catch till uh, two weeks from Sukkis or something like that. Because it isn't any good yet. WQAM. Hey, salespeople are icehole. In what the cold, 10.45 at 5.60, WQAM. So anyway, i got a great, I'll get back to my other stuff. You know, I've got a million things I want to talk about here today, but I might not get to any of them. I might just do the whole four hours on this place again. Seems like about once every two or three months, I have to just take a whole show and just go ballistic here. Not that it accomplishes anything, but it gets it out of my system because my blood pressure is already 30 points lower than it was uh, 10 o'clock. Because it's like letting out steam. But I'm driving home on Friday, and Hank was at, uh, what's his name's funeral? The uh, boxing guy? Dundee? Whatever the hell is that? 
So uh, Hank uh, came in late. I had no idea what time he came in. So he had the, uh, you know, the kitty core were doing the show. Clarence and uh, Josh and Josh Jr. and uh, whoever the hell they are. I, I don't know, even know who these people are. I've never seen them. But anyway, they're doing the show. And they go through their song and a dance. And here comes the first call. And this is, I'm not making this up. The first caller is some old fart who obviously was let out of GA. And he says, well, you know, you guys, what, what are your thoughts on that Syracuse Temple game? You think Syracuse is going to run up the score all over... And I'm thinking to myself, here's a bunch of 10-year-old kids sitting around, filling in time until Hank gets back from the funeral, and the first call is some compulsive gambler again who really is fishing around, should he bet, are they going to cover the spread? Which, what was it, 38 nothing or something like that in that game? Guess what? They covered the spread, pal. Oh! Hope you lost your ass. Just like Defoe and all his gator droppers. Hey, I hate to break the news to you, Defoe. It's getting really, really old. Boy, did he get a booing last night at the oh. hockey game, Defoe, when he came out to do his little between-period uh, charade there? And I noticed now he's wearing these real loose sweaters and big baggy pants because he's ballooned up to like about 320. And he is... No, seriously, he was in here the other day, and I, I don't know what's happened to this guy. Maybe he maybe he knew he was going to lose his ass on that game, and he figured let's bulk up ahead of time because there's going to be a lot of uh, mealless days for weeks on end. He's going to be doing a Karen Carpenter diet now, I think, for the next two or three months after Saturday. Booed roundly and enthusiastically by that crowd. Now, speaking of that crowd last night, we could do about 20, 30 hours on. The amount of information that the people in this town have, I, I just don't get these people at all. Here comes John Van Beesbrook with the Philadelphia Flyers. Okay, we hate the Flyers. That much is given. We hate Eric Lindros. No question about it. Even though we had about 1,000 or 1,500 Flyer fans here last night. Hey, they're entitled. At least these are real Flyer fans from Philadelphia, not just uh, front-running phonies like so many of those so-called Red Wing fans that we had when Detroit was here. I guarantee you, 50% at least, maybe 80% of those people in the Detroit jersey, they're just uh, bandwagon jumpers because the Red Wings won two standard cups in a row. So last night we had, you know, a fair number of Flyer fans there, whatever. And the players come out for the warm-ups, okay? And here come the Philadelphia Flyers from the tunnel. They come out on the ice, and here comes the Beezers, one of the first to step on the ice. And there's like a smattering. You hear some applause, some boos. Well, what's that all about, you know? But not, not a lot of it, because most of the people are still out eating that crap food. They're still wandering around. Now we get to that moment when they announce the starting lineups for the visiting Philadelphia Flyers, okay? And they announce uh, the starting line. Jody Hall got a nice hand. Nice going, Jody. We like Jody. Never stole a freight train. Looks pretty good. And then we get to tonight's for the Philadelphia Flyers. Number 34, John Van Beesbrook. And now, I, I, seriously, I almost fell off the chair. Because there was a very loud response. But keep in mind, you got about maybe 1,500 Flyer fans in the building who are naturally going to give them a big cheer. There was a lot of cheers, and there were also a lot, I mean, a very lot of very loud boos. Booze. They weren't just drinking the booze, they were giving out booze for the booze, the beezer. And I'm wondering to myself, why? And I'm thinking back to the asshole that called his show a couple of weeks ago. Well, I don't like the way he left here. He didn't leave here because he wanted to leave here. He left here because uh, they made him an offer he couldn't refuse, which was no offer. They said, okay, we've given you our best offer. We're not going to give you any other offer. In fact, they lied to him, kind of like they do around here. And by the way, speaking of lying, Brian Murray, you know something? You are a piece of <coughs> turd. You really are. You see the article in the paper yesterday morning about how the Beezer played so poorly for us last year that we thought we were never going to win another game. That was the quote from BM yesterday. 
Yeah, we thought we were never going to win another game. Until they finally got the great Kirk McLean, who played okay last night, played pretty good, except they didn't have a lot of work to do last night. But the Beezer outplayed him by a wide margin, made some unbelievable, some scintillating saves on Spela, on Whitney, a whole bunch of them. And then, of course, when Eddie got the breakaway, you knew he was going to score because the one thing Beezer can't do is stop uh, penalty shots or breakaways. He couldn't do it here. He can't do it there. But other than that, he played unbelievably for them. And then Eddie, speaking of another genius, Eddie Jovanovsky, who owes points in the IQ column, because they're talking about the interviews they did with Beezer after the game last night. Panther Eddie Jovanovsky grew testy when it was proposed in that many Florida fans still wish Beezer were here. That's too bad for those fans, he said. We're pleased with the goaltenders we've got. <laughs> oh, Eddie, I mean, come on. We know you're stupid, okay, Eddie? We know you're dumber than sawdust. But do you really think that anybody believes that, that we're happy having Captain Kirk the Jerk and Sean Burke who led in five greasy goals? In fact, that's the reason Burke didn't play last night. I guarantee you that. It's because that came up in Boston. He led in five goals, and every one of them was coated with grease. They must have been Italian goals. They were coated with olive oil. Seriously. Slippery, greasy goals. Every single one. So he didn't play last night. And McLean didn't play bad, but the Beezer played better. In addition to which, I hate to tell you, because a lot of you are emotional cripples and you can't handle the truth. In addition to which, we've already got, also got thousands of people out there who don't even understand what it is that they're watching. But the Philadelphia Flyers win, and I realize we went up there 2-1, to one. we beat them up there, I shot 40-15 and uh, whatever. And only Roger Nielsen, he's the only coach in the world that can take a team with this much talent and turn them into a coma team. In fact, it was late in the second period last night, they had a total of eight shots in the whole game at that point. And I'm thinking to myself, what, what, you look out there and you see Lindros, and you see LeClaire, and you see Keith Jones, and Brindamore, and you see, uh, Mike Sillinger, and, uh, Luke Richardson, and all of these guys. Now, this, this team is loaded. Almost everybody on that team is a star. The, the difference between the, the talent level on the Philadelphia Flyers and the Florida Panthers is like the difference between day and night. And I give our guys credit, the fact they go out there and, you know, they play teams that have a lot uh, higher payroll and a lot more talent, and they give it their best shot. But I said, I said to people early in the game, after they got the first goal, and then we tied it up, Eddie, nice going, Eddie. I said, you know, you get the feeling that they're toying with us, that they're just sitting back and waiting, and then when they, when they did, that they could score a goal anytime they want. That's the feeling I got. Because they weren't turning it on. And then when the overtime came, they came out there. And you could see they just barged into the Panthers zone. They were in there the whole 26 seconds. And bada bing, Keith Jones, it's in the net. There you go. As Carter and Spela once again, just desperate, just uh, falling and clawing and uh, unable to get the job done. But that's the feeling that I had, that they could score on us anytime they felt like it. Because they are, and I'm not saying at the end of the year how many points they're going to have, because they got a coach that's a dead man, that's always an impediment, Roger Nielsen. I think he's got naked pictures of Bobby Clark. That must be the reason he hired him. One of the worst coaches in the history of the league, Roger Nielsen, a dead man in a suit. And, you know, we sit behind the benches now, and I noticed last night, he barely moves. Once in a great while, he'll, like, move a little bit, a few steps from one part of the bench down to the other. But most of the time, he's standing there with his arms folded like he's just holding up the back of the uh, bench, you know? It's a dead man. But the Beezer thing to me was unconscionable. This man, whether you like him or not, whether he's a born-again Christian or not, whatever, whatever that's all about. He gave us five great years here, okay? Without him the first four years, would this team have been anywhere? No. 
That great run we had uh, to the Stanley Cup Finals, would we have made it without him? No. All those incredible highlights in the Colorado series, him and Patrick Frog. Anybody forget about those? No. Of course you can't forget. He was unbelievable. And so he had a big thing right from the beginning of the year last year with the agent and Wayne and BM. And, you know, and it soured the whole relationship all the way around. So it's very easy to make him the scapegoat now. People like my friend, the rim, rim man, you know, people like that and all these other people in the organization, making him the scapegoat. Oh, he was the problem in the dressing room, and he created all this unhappiness and yada, yada. Full crap, okay? Don't feed me that baloney. They destroyed his uh, ego and his psyche right off the bat early in the year last year, in addition to which the team had no defense. And they, you know, even the rim man, as much as he may hate the Beezer, he'll tell you about last year's team. They stunk. There you go. I mean, was there any question about it? They stunk. Hey, all right, once was enough. I mean, they just stunk. calm down, okay? We know that. They stunk. We know that. They were a horseball team. But he's gone now, so it's easy to make him the scapegoat. But those of you who booed him last night, you people suck, okay? I'm saying that beyond any shadow of a doubt. That's what I think of you. If you beat the... Well, once the game started, like I said to that bitch that called a couple of weeks, oh, I'm going out there to root for the Beezer. Well, that's kind of stupid if you're a Panther fan. I hate to tell you, honey, he plays for the other team. But when somebody comes back to town like that, you see it everywhere. Like when the uh, Canucks came into New York the first time and Messier's out there, they give him a standing ovation. That Those are fans with some class, with some sense of appreciation for what you did for us for uh, however many years it was. And we have some fans who have class, and then we have some fans who are just uh, take the CL off the class, that's all. Ass. That's what they know from is ass. Just like they know upstairs, they're in uh, the, the water Nazi's office where they're all banging each other up there. And okay, they're doing it the uh, doogie style right there on the table. Just un unbelievable. Gary Sarner was humping inanimate objects up there. He was so excited because screw Emma. Oh, I told him this. And she's standing there with her arms folded, real macho, with her pantsuit on. You know? Don't you think that most women who wear pantsuits, you know, they? I think they really do have a between their legs. I do. Women who wear pantsuits. Real, real butch. 1050 QAM. The Neil Rogers Showdown. Ray Whitney has a pair. I'm a wicked weed because otherwise, I'd be puffing away right now. You know? I'd be puffing on a big number right this moment, whether they liked it or not. It's 11 I am. 11.03 at 560 WQAM. By the way, I forgot that I got to give away, and I said I would never give anything away in a year again. But to, uh, I have to uh, go back on my word. That would be a first time. Tickets and I won't be here this weekend. I'll be in Vegas. Thank God, oh! Vegas for the Thanksgiving holiday weekend. But I got tickets for the Panthers game, which ought to be pretty entertaining. Buffalo is always an exciting team to watch. They got a lot of real exciting players on there, not the least of which Matthew Barnaby, and that's uh, Brian Holzinger and of course Dominic Kashuk and the Gontemish Falcon. How about those Maple Leafs, by the way? All oh! oh, right, we finally beat them. Oh, thank God. But anyway, so I got the uh, yellow parking pass, the preferred parking for the National Car Yenter uh, Macarena. And my great two seats there, which I do have two excellent seats, by the way. You'd have to admit that in Section 101. Right there in the end. So, well, uh, how do we want to do that? Joe says, we really don't want to do that, is what he's saying. Well, we'll give them away to whoever asks and sounds convincing. I don't want to do no drawing or anything like that, because that would be going back into that. I don't want to do that. Now, one good thing did happen on Friday, by the way. One excellent thing. Thank God it can't all be negative and depressing. And about this godforsaken place... We'll talk to back to in a second. I'm telling you, I've got 50 million things running through my mind. 49 million plus about this place. 
So I have a little something that I'm going to pass along for some of the assholes in this place that's going to solve a lot of problems because very soon, in the next few weeks, sometime before next circus, we're going to be moving into our permanent studios, allegedly upstairs on the third floor. And once we get up there, boy, there are possibilities that exist for real, full war. I'm talking about even Saddam Hussein will never see, no matter what we drop on him, will never see anything like could possibly, the potential is for absolute chaos. But I'm going to avoid that before that part. I'm going to tell you why in a minute. But first of all, on Friday, FCC ruling allows renters to install antennas in dishes. Oh, oh God, it's about time. Long overdue. Heavy impact expected in South Florida. And I'm going to tell you something, and I really mean this. Those of you bastards out there who are sitting back on your ass, who have waited and waited or made excuses, or in many cases they did give you a bunch, you know, the, the condo association, all those old farts. Oh, you can't put that in. It's against the condominium. Well, guess what? Too bad. Because landlords will no longer be allowed to prohibit renters from installing TV antennas and satellite dishes on patios balconies or in their apartments the government ruled on friday the ruling expected to have a far-reaching impact in south florida will allow renters and condominium dwellers to circumvent central cable systems in their buildings thousands of south floridians living in high-rise rental and condominium units with centrally controlled systems can now say to you okay and get their own choices get direct tv whatever the hell you want get the sports packages the movie packages whatever you want to watch with a great, clear, crystal clear picture. What a difference, man, when you got a dish. It says this gives tenants and community association members an opportunity to choose by price and program offerings rather than having their landlord's choice rammed down their throat, said Andrew Schwartzman, Oy. president of the Media Access Project, a viewer advocacy organization in Washington, D.C. The organization had warned that a restrictive ruling would discriminate against the 35% of the population that rents and is more likely to be minority and lower income. The FCC on Friday adopted new rules that would give residents in apartment buildings the ability to receive satellite TV or wireless cable service by allowing them to install antennas and dishes on property that they control exclusively. They're not allowed to put the devices in common areas, such as the roof of an apartment building or balcony shared with another tenant, but any property that's your own, like your own patio, your own uh, whatever, the back of your own uh, unit, whatever you got. If it's your uh, unit, then stick it on there. Our rule brings choice to renters who live in high-rise buildings and have a balcony in which to install an antenna. Just as owners of condominium units may install an antenna on their balconies or owners or renters of townhouses may have an antenna on their patios, said FCC Chairman William Kennard. And on and on it goes. So thank God, oh! finally, after all these years, of uh, siding with the cable companies and all these old farts in the condo who want to prohibit you from uh, being able to do whatever that who want to limit your life basically is what it boils down to screw them screw those condominium associations run by all those old farts 150 years plus death plus 10 and it would seem to me that people who are reading about this and hearing about this should be on their phone immediately with their satellite guy or running down to appliance tv depot wherever they want to go and get the uh, direct tv at the very least because once you have the satellite, then you'll actually understand there's something else going on in the world besides, uh, you know, cartoons on Whammy. Oh, and by the way, speaking of Whammy, nice going, Defoe. Oh! Jeff DeForest, another victim of Whammy, because misery loves company. I'm channel surfing, was it yesterday morning? I think it was yesterday morning that that uh, god-awful show that he's got with Eddie Kaplan is on, on Whammy. 
And guess what? I had to turn the volume way up. And, and it was that old hum job again. Nice going, Defoe. Oh! So they're not just... I guess anybody from QAM, if you do a show on Whammy, they give you a free hum job, too. Just like the ones that are going on upstairs in the water uh, Nazi's office right now. It's still going on. You can hear the rocket and roll and the goddamn floors are about to cave in. I knew there was a lot of construction going on, but never did I expect a restaurant like that. Even the sales manager, yeah, she's got one, too. It's 1109. It's 60 way. If you're not QAM. You're a bastard. Spot that. Just spot after spot after spot because we got to get that money here. We're still losing money. We're running 61 minutes an hour of spots on this station. 65 minutes an hour. And we're still losing money. How do you like that? <laughs> Somebody's sticking the money somewhere. Maybe it's in Gregory. Rectum. I don't know where the hell it is. Nobody can find it. Oh, can I hear all these stories. The longest is just running 120 minutes an hour spots on this goddamn radio station. We got four hours of foreplay before the Dolphin game because we got to get all those commercials on there done by those five-year-old kids over in the other building, and uh, and we still can't make any money. So please pardon us. We got to get a lot of spots in. And what? I mean, after all, what do you want to hear? You want to hear Hank for four hours, or you want to hear a bunch of uh, foreplay? I would prefer hearing Hank myself, but nevertheless. So we got uh, the ball game at 8 o'clock, the uh, Dolphins and the Patriots, and this is the big one, baby, as they say. It's all on the line. I mean, the Patriots, to me, show me nothing. I don't want to talk football. I just mentioned that in passing. They show me nothing. They're a choke team. They're a bad, bad, bad choke team. But that's just the time when you least expect it. So anyway, let's build a little bit of tension for that ball game, okay? Oh! Because there's a lot of money invested in that crap. Okay, so I said to you that I was going to solve the problem. As I'm, I'm, it's always left to me. And I'll do it again. I've just, in my own mind, come up with a very easy solution to these conflicts that I have with certain people in this building. Now, the water Nazi, I don't talk to her. She, at least one thing I'll say for her. She's got enough sense. She stays away from us down here. She doesn't even talk to George now. How do you like that? I mean, George pretty much gets along with anybody, even if he hates them like poison, but to their face, they'll put on a good act. But uh, she won't even talk to him. So at least she's got enough common sense. She stays away from us. We stay away from her. And that's the way we like it. We get along great. Let's hear it. Oh, no. Yes, that's the way we like it. There is no water Nazi. So the other people involved here, I'll give you the short list, okay? Luann Winnick, Gary Sarner, and the water Nazi. That's only three. That's a short list. That's not a long list. Those people I will not speak to. If you come down here into my orifice before the show, after the show, I mean, don't forget about coming down during the show because that's supposed to be forbidden anyway. But if you come down here and uh, make your presence known in this room, I'll, just, I'll either get up and walk out or I'll just uh, proceed with whatever I'm doing as if you weren't even there, like Ray Meland and the Invisible Man. So don't darken my door again. Don't waste your time. I don't have room in my life for phonies, for backstabbers, for people on little ego trips. I come in here every day to do a job. That's it. And once we move up there on the third floor, like I said, the potential is for a lot of unpleasantness, which I'm not looking forward to when I come in here every day. Even to the extent, like I said, we've got some little punks on Power 96 down the hall. They, they don't even speak to you unless, uh, you know, you speak their language or whatever the problem is on that given day. You know what? Fine. Let's keep it that way. I know who the nice people are. I know who the people are who like me. I like them. The ones who hate me like poison, fine. You go your way, I'll go mine. This is an unbelievably unpleasant workplace, Mr. Reed. And that's not just me saying that. You could get that, of course, from a lot of people who need to save their ass their jobs. But anonymously, we could get a lot of people to uh, verify the same thing what I'm saying. 
a hostile work environment is what you're creating here at WQAM and Power 96. How's Joe Nasty doing, by the way? Anybody seen? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Okay, let's go uh, to Miami Lakes. Hello. Hey, Neil. How are you? Okay, sir. Uh, it sounds like you don't work for WQAM. It sounds like you work for Ringling Brothers. I work for the circus. That's right, pal. <laughs> All we need is the uh, Harry Elefante, and we'll have our own circus. Correct. Yeah. Just a few things. All we need is the elephant. <laughs> crap. Just a few things. Um, I went down to Westland Mall this weekend. I was out shopping with my wife for Christmas shopping. You didn't go into Penny's to the tea room, did you? Uh, no. <laughs> Good. No, the question is, uh, they're collecting um, goods for the people in Central America. Right. Does Pandering. anybody in the station is over the age of 12? No. Oh, my gosh. They're all kids. Yeah. All of them kids. Well, kids work cheap. Oh, man, unbelievable. Joe Griffin is the only one that's over the age of 12, and, of course, she's got all the other stuff with that phony psychic crap she does. So she doesn't, you know, she doesn't have to squeeze a lot of money out of them. Another thing, uh, Saturday we went down the borders. Yeah. Uh, I met you over there. Right. Uh, you're a hell of a nice guy. Yes, I am. Um, Despite of what know. they say around here. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't think you were this nice, uh, you know, in person. Yeah. And uh, we bought the two cities. Mm -hmm. They were great. Um, now, who, who my are wife, you? I'm, I'm driving my wife crazy because I'm playing I, them over and over. Did I meet you? Uh, yes, you did, but we were we were busy as heck. I mean, you guys, we had a, a lot of people there, so I just stopped by and said, hey, Neil, how you doing? Nice there you to go. meet that's, you. That's the way I like it. That's yeah, good. I mean, good quick choice. and simple. I wasn't right. going to... I was going to sit there and kiss you. Oh, Neil, you're the greatest. Yeah. I you're see, like in the hockey game last night, I had a lot of people come by, say hi, and it was quick and short. And so I'm finally training these people. I'm a friendly guy, but to a point, okay? Yeah. Believe me, if I want you to stick around longer, I'll slip you a note. I'll let you know. There, there was, there was a... You know what I'm saying, Danny? Oh, I'm sorry. Danny from Columbus High. He's coming back. There was a couple of guys there just standing there just staring at you like yeah. they never seen a... A fag before. Yeah, yeah. or oh, anyone. I mean, God, oh, man, it's like, yo, you know, just say hello. Oh, my God, it's an old Jew. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's pretty novel, I guess, in Florida, seeing an old Jew. Well, thanks for coming down, uh, It's pal. a pleasure to meet you. Any chance on those tickets? No. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Okay. Well, if I give it to the first caller out of the box, I mean, I'm not that stupid. Am I that dumb? No. Even after the traumatic... See, this is another inexcusable thing here this morning. I don't come in here to talk to these assholes. I come in here to do a radio show. If that isn't good enough for Greg Reed, then I'll just stay home for another six or seven months. That's all. There's nothing in my... Since we want to start getting picky about what's in the contract and what isn't in the contract, number one, there's nothing that says I have to talk to any assholes who work in his joint, including the sales manager, since I don't work for her. And I don't certainly don't work for Gary Sarner, who's a total asshole. I don't work for those people. They got their little clique, their little fraternity up there, and they can just sit up there and suck each other's ass all day. That, that's fine. That's their business. I don't want to see it. I don't want to know from it. I don't want to be involved in it. And if that's the management's idea of how you run a business, how you treat people, hey, that's uh, that's up to him. I'm not going to worry about it. I'll come in my little pubica, cubicle and do my thing here for four hours, and like I do every day at 2 o'clock, unless there's something going on for me to stay, I'm gone. Oh, you leaving already? Yeah, I'm done. I just did my job, okay? I just bought in a ton of a crap load of money to pay your salary. Oh, I love that one. Oh, you you got out of here already? Yeah, it's 2 o'clock. The show ends at 2, okay? I have no reason to sit around here stirring up a lot of trouble. Because I'll say it again, those of you who work whatever kind of business you work at, where there's a whole bunch of people, the people that hang around a lot, those are the ones who are the backstabbers. Those are the ones that are always stirring up trouble and miss and malcontent. Those are the ones that are troublemakers. They're not hanging around when they shouldn't be there because they love the place. They're hanging around because they want to stir up a lot of garbage. Because they're poison. 
Like a lot of the people we have that spend their time outside the smoking on the stoop out there. I don't want to mention no names. Yeah, stirring up the crap, stirring the pot, stirring the... You know, you'd be better off smoking it instead of stirring it, okay? You can look out there on the stoop, boy, and about 80% of those people that are out there, they're just out there to do the enter routine. They don't need to be uh, puffing on those faggots. Here's Miami Beach. Hello. Neil, how you doing? I have no idea, pal. I'm having an out-of-body experience again. I'm having another QAM experience. Um, um, listen, you know, well, at least you can talk about it at work. You know, you oh. get to vent those frustrations. These people are crazy, man, and they're just, they're looking for hostility. They're looking to exert their authority and make them feel more important, including the sales manager, bitch. I'm going to tell you something. She, This woman is crazier than a bed bug. She is certifiable. She needs to be in a rubber room somewhere. Well, maybe other people in the building will, will uh, listen to what you have to say and maybe give her a little they, No, they already know it. That f***ing bitch. That's right. They already know it. I mentioned her name, and it's like uh, the Dracula thing. Remember when they held up the crucifix? Ah, you know, this is the water Nazi. They, they recoil when you mention her name. The water Nazi, right? No, no. This is another uh, Nazi. Oh, okay. This is gotcha. the sales Nazi, not to be convinced. The water Nazi is the one with the raspy voice upstairs. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that one. I got a question there for you. no water Nazi. No, I just made up all the stories, Phyllis, about these poor sales girls down here, sales ladies down here. They want to go up there and get a cup of water so they might have something to wet their whistle. Oh, they take any more. For, for a guy that doesn't smoke, you have a lot of carts and, and bits and songs. What, when you went to Amsterdam this time, did you did you indulge in that or no? No, I did not. Okay. Why would I do it this time? I've been there about 50 times. Why would I do it now? Well, I just thought with all the I have a driving. lot of carts because, number one, i got a good sense of humor. And, number two, I sure. believe in freedom. And, number three, I think this country's in the Stone Age when it comes to things like this. Yeah, I definitely am. To I'm, think that there are people in, in jail, people are in prison for growing and smoking marijuana. What does crazy. that tell you about this country, man? There's Stone Age. Yeah. Hey, you know, my girlfriend's leaving Friday to go to uh, Las Vegas. Well, I hope she has a great trip. Okay, we have two open lines in Dave. Here's West Palm Beach. Hello, I'll look her up out there. West Palm, hello. Hi, Neil. How you doing? Okay, sir. I wanted to talk to you a minute about the game last night in yes. uh, Van Beesbrook. Uh -huh. I have to say, hey, you did a great job. We miss you. We wish you well. Not against us, of course. You know, that, that's the way to do it. But to be booing this man, I know, that, those that, people that's have no class. I, I, I couldn't believe what I heard. And and one of the things that bothered me really was back when they had the opening of the arena, yeah. and they let the fans in. Dennis Podvan, one of the questions he was asked on that show, uh, no 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 more disgruntled players in the locker room, and right. there wouldn't be that that's bad right. feeling. It was all and then, Beezer, that's right. It yeah, was everything was his fault. The team stunk so bad. But I'll tell you, I'd much rather have yeah. I'd much rather have him than. Uh, Burke and McLean together. If they would have and paid for him Eddie, what he wanted. for Eddie Jovanovsky to be opening his mouth to the media and saying anything other than the other than that, I mean, it's just, it's just unbelievable. Eddie, we know you're a dummy. We appreciate the breakaway, the goal last night, and not too many mistakes on defense. It's about time, but uh, you know, I'm for Eddie to be making quotes in the newspapers. Yeah, he's, he's My got, little dog has no more right. sense than Eddie. Any chance on? Uh... No chance. See, this is what happens. I apologize for giving these away, but uh, we'll get a lot of calls today, and maybe sooner or later I'll give the tickets away. Maybe I'll even carry it over to the Maybe I'll milk it till Wednesday. You never know. Huh? Oh, man, the back of my neck. You know that stress that you get in the back of your neck when you're just totally stressed out from this goddamn place? I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, and you can mark this down like Wayne would say, like the bald-headed geek would say, the next time somebody in this organization pulls that crap before I go on the air, before I'm getting ready to do a show, I'm just going to get up and walk right out and go home. And call for my cell phone and call in sick. I'm going home, I'm sick. That's, what, that's the next time this crap happens to me. When I'm trying to get on the air and do a goddamn talk show for four hours. 
bunch of takers, a bunch of goddamn blood suckers, and suckers, that's right. Two open lines in Dave, 5670560, pound 560 on the mobile one line.